Hi there, and welcome to The Lasso Cast, where we will dive into each episode of the brilliant Apple TV Plus sitcom, Ted Lasso, and discuss why it may just be the perfect show, or at least the show that the world, and especially America, needs right now. My name is John Rhodes. I'm a filmmaker and a sports enthusiast, and I am joined by... Kenny Madison, a filmmaker also, and a sports hater. I hate sports. Sports are the worst. Get rid of them. Oh, no. Well, it just speaks to the power of Ted Lasso. This is true. true. Without sports, we wouldn't have Ted Lasso. That's right. And also with us. Saida Rhodes, producer, neutral on sports, lover of Ted Lasso. Can I call myself a filmmaker if I haven't made anything since like 2015? Well, I've made, I've made lots of stuff within the past year because I've just been a video editor. Is a video editor a filmmaker? Absolutely. Yeah. And also it's like being president. You don't lose the title, even if you made one piece of film 20 years ago if you sure. want to call, call yourself like former filmmaker that's cool <laughs> but yeah, also it feels you could... like you retired <laughs> <laughs> yeah you may be listening to this before you actually watch this show for some reason but if you're wondering what the heck ted lasso is according to imdb ted lasso follows a u.s american football coach ted lasso to the uk to manage a struggling london football team in the top flight of english football now, not only is this description poorly written, but it does a terrible job of describing the show. Yeah. And uh, based off of this description, I would probably never have watched the show. Uh, and actually, I think it might be helpful to talk about how we all found the show in the first place. And I'll say for Sign myself, we avoided it for a while. It came out in August and we didn't start watching until I think October. It was the the marketing and the premise just didn't sell us on it at all. But over time, little positive takes started leaking out over Twitter and, and and a few people whose opinions I really respect started singing its praises and it piqued my interest. And Kenny, I think you were the last straw for me when you compared it to Paddington. That was all I needed. You, I was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, you did. Oh, that's a good feeling. I, I love that. I love introducing people to media that they get obsessed with. And I, I introduced my roommate back in college to Arrested Development. Oh, wow. And he just furiously devoured it after mm -hmm. that. That's a big one. Yeah. I was the latecomer to Arrested Development. John got me on this last year or maybe beginning of the pandemic. Oh, it's hard to tell yeah. now, but... Way to go. So good. I don't get it because that show is such... It's clear that they couldn't recapture the magic with season four and season five and Mitchell yeah. Hurwitz's career after that has just been kind of shrug. It's just such a lightning in a bottle show. I'm I'm shocked by it. Yeah. And I and I it's one of those shows I wonder if it didn't get canceled, like if it performed really well and it kept going, how long would it have stayed a good show? Yeah, uh, I, you could kind of feel the wheels kind of starting to get yeah. squeaky. Towards when the, 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 the hand was season. lost, perhaps. Pro yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's a that's a big sign. So it ended right, kind of when it did. Mm. We're not talking about Arrested Development. We're talking about Ted no. Lasso, baby. Yeah, but I think that's the reason we're doing this podcast is because all of us love introducing people to great art, and that's what Ted Lasso is, and it's underappreciated currently, and it needs to be seen by more people. 
And Kenny, how did how did you find it? Uh, well, my friend Asaf said you need to watch Ted Lasso. It is outrageously delightful. He was obsessed with it, and I was kind of surprised. I think I have the exact same reaction that literally anyone that starts watching the show is had, which is really the show adjacent Sudeikis, where he's the goofy guy with the mustache, seems a bit too silly for me. It's not sophisticated because I only watch things that people are talking about prestige very much. So, um, and then I think we had just ran out of things to watch that finally hopped over to Ted Lasso. And I had started seeing things additionally from other film critics that I also trust (laughs) that were saying that Ted Lasso is not just good. It's surprisingly good. And that is very interesting. And then I watched the pilot. And as soon as the pilot finished, I was obsessed because it is, it is really hard to write nice characters that are also realistic I think what they do a really good job of is like Jason Sudeikis' character. You think he's going to be ooh, the funny man with the mustache and in the commercial he's doing the stupid dance. You're just like, oh, God, this is going to be over the top. And then he's just like a normal guy. Like he's appropriately nice, like just as nice as we probably all are regularly. And then just maybe a tid more like he's it's almost like he's in on the joke, but then he's not actually joking. You know what I mean? Like he's just a good guy. He is. That's the wonderful thing. I I can't think of many other comedy characters who know that they are funny and also not annoyingly. So because Ted Lasso knows that he's goofy and silly and he kind of plays it up. You can tell that Ted is purposely doing these silly things to make other people happy. And people laugh at that as, and usually that comes off as annoying and self-congratulatory. Like, look how funny this character is. It's endearing here. I think that's where the difference comes is that it's not him trying to elevate the perception of himself to others. It's him trying to like infect them with his optimism. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think the show, yeah, I'm not going to say it's it's easy to write cynical characters. I think it's maybe just easy to explore cynical characters. And that's yeah. why it's so much TV is just f- soaking in cynicism. Whereas the show is completely void of it. Um, and Kenny, I know you hate soup, but the show is like Ugh. eating a nice warm what? soup. It's comforting. I, I know this is soup. a whole... <laughs> Let's put a pause here, folks. Let's <laughs> talk about issue. this soup. This What's is where people tune out instantly. They're like, no. <laughs> I can't stand it. He hates soup. No, soup's a, soup's a cheat. Soup's a cheat? It's flavored water. Guys, we're losing all of our listeners. <laughs> Kenny, what are you talking about? It's it's not hearty. It, it leaves me f- feeling unfilled. I'm not full. Is your heart not full? My heart grows three times every time I have a cup of soup. That's terrifying, first off. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> I'm going to call my angioplasty <laughs> person. <laughs> I love angioplasty humor. Oh, my goodness. Don't hear it enough. There's never enough. There's never yeah. enough. No, I just find soup wholly unsatisfying. It feels like someone didn't try. Mm. I very much my diet and I need to improve on this. My diet is very much just be as easy and quick as possible because I get very sleepy all the time. You you just don't like moisture. 
you like you want a saltine cracker breakfast lunch dinner yeah what's wrong with that but back in back in high school i i genuinely just would have a dry piece of toast for breakfast in the morning no butter no butter oh, oh wow. boy. Well, also because my i'm i'm all about i want to get this done as quickly as possible while also having flavor and I like the taste of bread, so I would just toast one piece of bread, and that would be my breakfast. I've since graduated to other things. I gotta uh, say, I don't know if I've ever in my life had just a piece of bread without either I cheese, either. butter, oh. jam, peanut butter, or something like that on it. It's so delicious. You know how you uh-huh. like bread? Yeah. Well, there you go. But it's, but I don't know if I like bread or if I like bread as a vehicle for dairy. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, milk bread. Ooh, I love milk bread. Oh boy, that sounds <laughs> not yummy. <laughs> Anyways, what, one last thing I want to say before we get into the recap of the pilot is that the show blends in just enough bitterness or foulness to keep it from being cloying. Um, yes. It would be easy for a show based on nice people to just come across as saccharine, syrupy nonsense, and that's not fun to watch. No. Uh they kind of found the, the the perfect melange, and it's just easy to ingest. Yes. Ted Lasso could be a cartoon, and also he sounds like a cartoon. And also, <laughs> by the end of the first season, he's he's not. He's not just always positive, but he like, he makes a choice. Yeah. Which is just, I, I can't, I can't believe it. It is it is just writer's gymnastics every single time. Mm-hmm. I am amazed. In the spirit of Ted Lasso, instead of reading ads, we thought it would be nice to shout out an organization or a nonprofit or a group of people that we believe are doing good work. This week, we'd like to shout out Red Beans and Rice Yours, run by a wonderful couple here in Austin, Texas. Uh, they cook and they assemble and deliver 50 meals every Sunday for folks in need. They are a community-driven effort, and they're always on the lookout for volunteer cooks or delivery drivers uh, or donations. If, if, you're, if you're not in Austin or you're not able to volunteers, you could always just shoot them a donation. And if you are in Austin and you're struggling right now, uh, reach out to them. Check them out and sign up for a free meal. You might even get a biscuit from me and Cy. Um, you can go to redbeansaustin.com to get all the info there on how to sign up or how to donate. Uh, they're also on Instagram and Facebook under Red Beans Austin. Check them out. Spread the word. Uh, maybe it will inspire you to start your own effort in your community. Episode one of Ted Lasso, entitled Pilot, opens uh, with our fictional Premier League soccer team, AFC Richmond, training at their facility. This may be the most soccer we see in the show for a while. Yeah, I can appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I like soccer, but I, I did worry coming into the show that it was going to be primarily a show about soccer. Uh, but it abandons that premise very quickly. Yeah, like we're going to be more than soccer here. Yeah, more than soccer and more than this cartoony fish out of water American. Yep. Yeah. So then we meet Rebecca, played by Hannah Waddingham. Uh, she's the new owner of the club who was awarded the team in a nasty divorce from her philandering ex-husband, Rupert. Uh, this is all perfectly illustrated in a single shot of a gossip rag on her desk with a headline reading, he gets the bimbos, she gets the bozos. That's tough. 
but also great a great headline, 100%. Great headline and a great way to share some exposition. Rupert and I bought this on our fifth anniversary. Well, you have exquisite taste. Hmm. Do you want it? It's a hockney. It must be worth a million pounds. <laughs> Good point. You should have said yes. Auction power, please. And then we see that she, like, meets with the old coach, right? So then he comes in. He's kind of a prick. She calls him out on it. I think she names all the things she doesn't like about him. She lets him know he's fired. She talks about his his balls, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Noel, the short shorts. Yeah, the yeah. short shorts. Noel and another, you know, British man ball name, I suppose. Noel, <laughs> and that's Noel, really fun. Noel and Liam. Noel and <laughs> Liam. A great Oasis joke. Yep. Uh, she, she can see one of the testicles and then he shifts his legs and then she goes and and there's the other one and that I feel like that scene is also like oh this is going to be a good time like we're not just here for Jason Sudeikis's mustache we're already in it's the first couple minutes and we're like oh we've got a British lady with some sass like okay we're going to be fine here this is going to be great yeah and it kind of nicely sets up real quick the current state of the team like yep. you got this like kind of douchey misogynist stereotypical like british dude who doesn't know how to handle his feelings he's on his way out here comes ted lasso hannah waddingham is rebecca the the now owner of afc richmond she's a english you know singer and actor so she was in spam really yeah, she's in Spamalot Into the Woods. She was in Game of Thrones. I didn't watch that show, so I don't know yeah, who she yeah. was. Okay. And then now she's in um, the hit Netflix TV show, Sex Education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, yeah, she's kind of a legend of of uh, the West End, like the, the Broadway in London. She's a big time stage star. In this opening scene, we also meet Higgins, who is apparently the director of communications, but feels more like her assistant slash chore boy. Yeah. The, the current director of communications. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people in this club have, they wear many hats. Yeah. Jeremy Smith is Higgins. He <laughs> was in Downton Abbey, which feels very appropriate. He's in Mary Poppins returns. Oh, I love me yep. some Mary Poppins returns. Yep. He's in Godsford Park, Oliver Twist, and the Smoking Room. And he's just like a sweet little man, and I love him. So He's great. Mm-hmm. Put a little Higgins in your pocket. He a little Higgins in your pocket. Like, he just seems like your quintessential Englishman. Oh, I, just... I, I, oh, I love what they do with Higgins in the show. Don't want to go ahead. I just, I, because this character could just be also so one-dimensional. He goes great places. I'm so excited. I love the show so much. <laughs> Next, we learn a little bit about Ted Lasso via Scott Van Pelt on on SportsCenter. Um, SVP explains how Ted had turned around a lowly Wichita State college football program in one year from the, the, the bottom of the standings to uh, a national championship. And now he is heading overseas to coach a sport he knows nothing about. Uh, we meet Ted on the cross-Atlantic flight where he is recognized by some British punk kid who doesn't mind telling Ted how he feels about his career choice. You coaching football, mate. You are a legend for doing something so stupid. I mean, it's mental. They're going to fucking murder you. Well, you know, I've heard that tune before, but here I am still dancing. Legend. (laughs) We kind of get the idea that Ted hears this sort of thing a lot, uh, but he is a resilient man. 
unafraid of such challenge, perhaps. Uh, he turns behind his seat where we are introduced to his trusty assistant coach and best friend, Coach Beard, played by Brendan Hunt, who is uh, reading books about soccer on the plane. Yeah, he has a soccer for dummies book on his lap. So yeah. we're like, oh, this is not looking promising. <laughs> yeah. And by the time they land, he's like an expert. Yeah, which, you know, I guess can happen in eight hours if you don't sleep, if you study hard. They know. They know enough. He's just that kind of guy. Yeah. He's a strategist. A yes. strategist, yeah. And then you also see that they're like, they're best buds. Like, I don't know... In the sports world, if you get to just bring whoever you want when you switch teams, like maybe you do, I'm not sure. But I think it's nice that he has his best bud here. And then on the plane, they like make jokes about like <laughs> being friends in their dreams and everything. Yeah. And it's so cute. I like that a lot. It's it's very clearly a bit that they do with each other as opposed yeah. to it would be so easy to make Ted genuinely say that. And then Coach Beer would be make this face and this is going to play great in audio medium. Yeah, exactly. And instead, no, like it's a bit. They yep. play, they do a bit, and also they don't laugh at it. Yep. Yeah. So Which, right away, we we know how close these two are. Yeah. And I'll just say, like, I love seeing sweet men be sweet to each other. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. like, I don't like seeing people bring others down. Like, again, you know, we couldn't see Kenny. Well, we could see Kenny's face, but I assumed we were going to get the Kenny face, like the. Coach Beard being just not into it, just like raising an eyebrow, like, oh, this guy. But like, he's he's in. He's like, you know, he's down for it. And I, I appreciate that. I mean, that that also sets you up for a challenge because one of the easiest things to do in a comedy, just to put this in improv terms, uh, is playing that straight, absurd dynamic, or I guess voice of reason absurd dynamic there's one person which would be coach beard that seems like the voice of reason and the ted lasso would be the absurd character and ted lasso gets to be all the, the funny things and coach beard is just like yeah but let me rein you in because you're kind of a genius yeah and instead they do the more difficult thing which is they have similar points of view yep and how do you generate drama from people that think similarly and like each other's ideas Mm -hmm. they've already set themselves up with an incredibly tall task but Ted Lasso is more of a talker and Coach Beard is quieter which sets up for some contrast without being in conflict mm -hmm. with each other which is so smart and as a sports enthusiast I like the, the mechanics uh, of their coaching relationship how Coach Beard is the strategist and maybe not good at anything else. And Ted Lasso is like the one who handles the personalities well and kind of can gather a team around him to do great things. So they kind of complement each other without the other. They might be not good. Yeah. Like less effective. I feel like you need both for sure. So then we get our first title sequence. Kenny, how do you feel about the theme song? Love it. Do you? I, I love it. Okay. I love it. I love it. It makes me happy. Instantly it's, it's definitely stuck in my head. Yes. The first time I heard it, I think it kind of turned me off a little bit, but now it I'm, definitely I'm turned you off. You were upset yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> and now I, you hum it a lot. I, lo I love the sequence, like him sitting on the chair and then the chair is changing. It's so smart. It's, yes. Oh, it's, and it's, it's quick. So smart. I appreciate how quick it is. Yeah. Especially for a first episode. I feel like a lot of times first episodes are like, we're going to do this eight minute title sequence. 
but this yeah. is like Super I don't know, simple. 10 seconds maybe it's great yeah gives us enough of a credit sequence to feel like a credit sequence while also not being too self-congratulatory and also setting up the entire premise of the show in one very clear visual metaphor mm-hmm. it's just so smart yeah well uh do you do you have any information on coach beard brendan hunt i just know he's He's one of the co-creators of the show, correct? And yeah. definitely one of the writers. Yeah, he also worked on We're the Millers, Horrible Bosses. So yeah, so him and Jason Sudeikis have been, it sounds like friends for a long time. So I guess maybe their actual relationship kind of, you know, makes its way into the show. And fun fact, it sounds like Brendan Hunt does VO for a video game that I don't play called uh, Fallout 4. If you guys are familiar with that, can I hear you? No, video games are for nerds. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the first time that I saw Brendan Hunt was on an episode of Community. Uh, it was the episode with hashtag Annie's Moves. Annie's Move. Uh, and he plays Jesus in it, the hitchhiker that uh, Shirley and Britta pick up on the side of the road. And then I didn't hear anything about him until this show. And then listening to an interview with both Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt did with Brene Brown, which is a really lovely, insightful episode, found out that Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt actually go back to Boom Chicago, which for comedy nerd people like myself, that is an improv theater that operates in Amsterdam. And Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt met each other there uh lots of great comedians have come out of boom chicago and it's it is a difficult atmosphere because you are the boom chicago was amsterdam's first english-speaking comedy theater and it is they are doing shows constantly and then at least according to the interview with that they did with Brene brown a lot of that amsterdam lifestyle permeates what this show is about very European attitudes, at least according to them. We know we've already talked about Jason Sudeikis. He's uh, the guy from SNL. He's in Horrible Bosses. He's in We're the Millers. He's found it down. He's in a bunch of stuff. Um, I also have an interesting fact. Did y'all know he is from Fairfax, Virginia? No, yeah. No, I did not know that. Did you know his first name's Daniel? What? I did not. His first name's Daniel. Daniel Jason Sudeikis. And did you know he was born with anosmia? Anosmia? Mm-hmm. Do you know what anosmia is? No, no. not at all. Well, let me tell you, friends. Whoa. A man can't smell. Oh, no. As they would say in Walk Hard, he's gone smell blind. He's gone smell blind. He was born smell blind. After the theme song, the coaches land in London and their driver, Ollie, takes them to see the London, uh, not the London Bridge, the Tower Bridge. Uh, there's a difference, different bridge. Um, there's a small choice here that I love when the, when when they're being tourists and looking at the bridge. Ollie, the driver, is there standing off to the side, still holding the, the little sign that says Tad Lasso up to his chest. Aww. I just think that's that's cute. That's adorable. Also, Ted Lasso, he makes a point to acknowledge Ollie and make him feel seen, which is like you could tell that Ollie is already a character that we don't ever see again, I think. But Ted Lasso just makes sure to acknowledge him and thank him and all of those things. 
And then he does it again because when they get on campus, that's when we are introduced to our friend, Nate. Nate. Love Nate. Nate, the great guys. Played by Nick Muhammad. Mm-hmm. For this, for me, the true discovery of the show. Love that guy. Do you know where else you could find Nick Muhammad? No, where? He played Piglet in one of the Winnie the Poohs. Oh, dear. <laughs> How perfect. How perfect. That's spot on. Yeah, they Come hired, on. They Come hired on. Piglet to be in the show. That's, That's fantastic. Yes, we meet Nate, who is amazing. He's totally caught off guard when Ted asks for his name. Yeah, that's interesting. Gives you a little insight as to like, I mean, we see it later the way he interacts with the team. But like, poor sweet Nate, who hurt you? Like, why are you surprised people are asking for your name? And another person who just wears a lot of hats. It seems like he's in charge of groundskeeping, laundry, Mm -hmm. sports drink making. Uh, He's a busy guy. It's a very busy guy and he takes it seriously because even like he when he meets him first, he's like, get off the grass. And then he realizes it's the coach. and He's like, I'm so sorry. And then they leave and he's like, but really, we have to stay off the grass. Like, he's just a good rule following kind of man. He's just a sweetheart. This guy, one step ahead. Hey, what's your name, by the way? Me? Yeah. No one ever asked my name. Yeah, I mean, whenever you're ready. Oh, uh, it's Nathan. Nathan! Oh, I love that name. Hey, love your hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. Oh, good, good. You, you all got Nathan's hot dogs here? No. Okay. Nate guides the coaches up to the office to meet Rebecca, and this is where we learn that Ted Lasso is not the biggest fan of tea, or as he calls it, hot brown water. <laughs> Kenny, do you like tea more than soup? I actually love tea. Okay. Tea, tea is a delightful treat, and I, I love having it. I just had some earlier this week. Do you do hot and cold? Do you have a preference? I prefer iced tea. That is mm. a drink wow. that I enjoy. Hot tea is, I, I don't actively rally against it, uh, but <laughs> I, I prefer my tea like I prefer my girlfriend's cold. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> With ice. Very much so, Yes. <laughs> So then, okay, so, okay, we've met Nate. Nate brings them up to meet Rebecca. Rebecca and Ted seem to have a genuinely nice interaction. It's sort of funny because I think Ted asks her, like, he mentions the fact that she's going through this divorce and he's like, how are you holding up? Which is funny because then the last coach who just got kicked out was like kind of being a dick about it. So we're already like, okay, we've got a completely different regime we're about to see now. And that's really nice. Right. He has a genuine interest in the well-being of others, which at first comes off as a radical characteristic to most of the folks in the show. Mm -hmm. Yes. Rebecca gives Ted a quick tour of the building before thrusting him into a nightmare scenario of a surprise press conference. I wrote down this line uh, from that tour, which is so insanely funny. Um, They talk about the fact that there's a ghost that haunts the clubhouse. Uh, Rebecca says, do you believe in ghosts? To which Ted Lasso says, I do, but more importantly, I think they should believe in themselves. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Which is so, so I cannot funny. recall that. That's fantastic. It's it's, it's so quiet. It's such yeah. a quiet joke. And like you don't get a reaction shot. Mm-hmm. But that like just that's such a good joke. 
I think that's another reason this show works so well. His jokes aren't delivered like showstoppers and they don't hang around for any reaction. They just keep moving. Um, it's almost like every joke is a throwaway line. Yeah. In the press conference, Ted straight out admits his limited knowledge of the game, but makes it clear that his skill is getting the most out of his players. The guy who asked him, like, the big question of, like, let me get this straight. So you have no idea what you're doing. He looks like a lion. No? Does he not have lion hair? Mm. Who, uh, what is it? Trent Krim from The Independent? Trent Krim. Yeah. Yeah, I can see yeah. this. Lion person. Down, lion cat, bear. cat person. So Ted ends this frenzy of a press conference by accidentally spitting fizzy water all over the front row of journalists and their gear. Rebecca stands in to save him, denouncing the endless mediocrity of the team and declaring that they will be saved by the Ted Lasso way. Also, there is a payoff to a joke because Ted Lasso bets Coach Beard $5 that he will be able to use the phrase into touch in the next 24 hours. He's going to work that in some way. What does into touch mean? Out of bounds. That's the British term for out of bounds. Uh, And sure enough, Ted Lasso to all of the reporters says, no question will be into touch. Yeah. (laughs) And the look that he shoots at coach beard. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. There's a lot of little callbacks like that, that are almost invisible. Yes. It's so dense. Every single image has so much going on. After the press conference. Well, let's talk about the press conference for a second. Because Rebecca, she does an interesting thing where she's like, listen, everybody, Ted's going to make this great. He's the only person that has a trophy in the last millennia, blah, 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 blah. And so then I remember watching it being like, okay, so we are all on the same page. Ted's going to save the day. It's going to be perfect. And then two, not even two minutes, a mere 25 seconds later, we get out into the hallway. She's talking to Higgins and Higgins is like, oh, that's great. You're going to be best friends with Ted. And she's like, no, I hope he fails. Yeah. This is where we learn her true intentions to destroy this football club, which is the only thing her ex-husband truly loves. As an act of revenge, she has hired Ted Lasso to help burn it to the ground. It's a premise we have seen many times, but as I've said before, the show moves away from that uh, as its central storyline almost immediately. Yeah. I, I Yeah, I guess it doesn't really make sense that she would defend him in the first place. What would, what would the function be of her defending him if she wants to tank the team? Right. As far as the public eye is concerned, does she want this to come across as a failure solely on Ted's shoulders and and she can keep her own hands clean? But if she's defending him, that very much puts the responsibility of her her hiring him on her shoulders. True. As well. Maybe it's just an opportunity for her to stake a claim as the, the team owner now, like like as a message just for her ex. And it certainly makes her look like the big dog and like the one that's in charge. She is a she's a large presence for sure. Yeah. She's yes. intimidating. Yes. I want to torture Rupert. I want him to feel like he's being fucked in the ass with a splintered cricket bat, just in and out, over and over, a constant loop. Like a gif. That's what gifs do, isn't it? They're just endless. That's correct. 
uh, though some people um, pronounce it GIF. And we all say GIF, right? Yeah, it's GIF. Yeah. It's GIF. Yeah. I feel like you're kind of crazy if you say GIF. You're insane. Yeah. You're an insane person. Absolutely. So now we head to the pitch or field and meet some of the players and see them in action. We see Roy Kent, the aging captain, who's a legend, but a bit of a grumpy bump, played by Brett Goldstein. We meet Jamie Tart, the young and super talented arsehole, who is obviously not a team player. He's played by Phil Dunster. Yeah, let's talk about Jamie for a second, because Mm -hmm. when they're back in the locker room and his girlfriend's going to come and pick him up, homeboy's in like a silk track suit, yeah. which is pretty fun. He's yeah. got a baseball cap that says icon. He's yeah. got a beautiful uh, fanny, pack. fanny pack just swaddled across his uh, chest. A fanny pack over his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Not the traditional way to wear a fanny pack. I'll have you know it's the new traditional. Is it really? Really? Yeah, the kids are wearing it across the chest now. Oh, wow. wow. Men and women, it is fully all genders, come one, come all, weird across your chest. It's a thing. Huh. It certainly looks better. Than on your fanny? I believe so. I like it on my fanny. If anything, I think it helps my posture. I like it tight and I like it to keep me upright. <laughs> <laughs> it just helps counterbalance things. Yeah, you yeah. put so much in your fanny pack. The wallet and the phone, it really just, you know, it helps Six me. tubes of chapstick. Yep. <laughs> We head into the locker room, and this is where Ted Lasso lights up, like somebody returning home after a long trip. To him, this is where the magic happens, rather than out on the field. I do love a locker room. Smells like potential. And am I getting notes of Axe body spray? Spot on, coach. But I think they call it something else here. Jamie Tart has one of the most interesting looking faces I've ever seen. Tell me more about that. Yeah, go on. I'm surprised it's just me. Uh, When he first came on screen, I felt like he was a video game character, like one that you could create yourself in an RPG or something. He's he's just got features jutting out all over the place, and he is oddly handsome. Uh, He just has an interesting face, like in a good way. Sure, because I kind of feel like that about Roy, Mm -hmm. who is just such he he is such a man. I mean, him too. Yeah. His face doesn't look real sometimes, Roy. Like his yep. beard is so perfect. He is he is a handsome, 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 handsome man. Yeah. With such a deep, commanding voice. Yes. And he's uh Brent Goldstein, who plays Roy, is also one of the writers on the show. Which so is he's also got brains. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Crush. He's got the whole package. Do We're we know crushing. if this man's married? I do not know. I'll find si- out. Si, I'll why are you know. so interested? <laughs> yeah. Sai, si, you're already married. This is true, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I just feel like he's a catch, and I want the people to know if he is or is not on the market. Sure. Okay. You know, I'm doing a service for others. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, he's a newlywed. Oh, wow. Okay. Congrats. Here we go. I'm sorry for um, you, Sai. Yeah. And everybody. You guys too, really. Mm-hmm. We all stood a chance until about three seconds ago. No, so. I could have been happy for the first time. <laughs> In the locker room, 
Uh, Ted's about to give his first speech to the team, and he's cut off by Keeley. We meet Keeley, played by the great Juno Temple. Yes. Who has come in to take Jamie to his waxing appointment. I appreciate men paying attention to the way that they look so that they can make themselves happy with the way that they look. That is a journey that I have gone on in 2020. Look good, feel good. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ted and Coach Beard retreat back into their office after Keeley interrupts his big speech. Unhappy with the current layout of the office, which has their desks on opposite sides of the room, they push their desks closer together in the middle. Closer together? They connect their desks. Together, yeah. Unbelievable, John John. Beard hangs posters of legendary American athletes like Muhammad Ali and others. Others. He hangs John Wooden's Pyramid of Success up on the wall, which is a cool little nerdy basketball reference. Who is John Wooden? Uh, he was a longtime coach of the UCLA basketball team where he won, I want to say, 10 championships and developed this coaching philosophy that involves a pyramid in some way. I don't know how it works, but I know it emphasizes things like loyalty and enthusiasm and friendship over just yelling at your players. But Ted calls Roy Kent into the office to let him know he appreciates his leadership, and Roy makes it very clear that he has no respect for Ted Lasso. And this is where Ted drops my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. What do you want? It was real fun watching you out there today. You know, the boys really respond to you. It doesn't surprise me, though. You've had a heck of a career. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Never thought it would end being coached by Ronald fucking McDonald. You gonna let him call you that? I, I don't think he's referring to me. He thinks he's mad now. Wait till we win him over. He'll be furious. Ugh. 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 Ted tapes a sign up in the locker room that reads believe. And this is when Keeley comes back into the locker room. And also Ted Lasso tapes over her nipples, not Keeley herself. Oh, interesting. So Keeley's a sweetheart. Yeah, they have a nice relationship and she has a funny personality. She's very, mm, she's very bubbly, Mm -hmm. but also like confident and sarcastic, a little flirty, like, I remember watching and not knowing, like, what are we going to get from this Keeley woman? Like, I don't yeah. know. So, yeah, then we see the believe sign that's hung a little askew. And that's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's all a fun thing. That's a little fun thing. There's a lot of little fun touches. Yeah, it's a fun show. It is fun, but then it takes a not fun turn. Well, yeah, we end on a little heartbreaking note. Yeah, it ends. Well, he goes back to his hotel. Yeah. Which is in a very flat. Yeah, his flat, you know, if you will. Which is very charming. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's also a little gift basket in there. There's Marmite. There's Walker's Cookies, which is, come on, fantastic. Kenny, are you familiar? No. Oh, so good. This is all a part of his welcome basket in his flat. He then hops on the phone um, to call his wife slash son, not slash, wife and son. <laughs> his wife, who is also his son. His <laughs> yeah. son. Which yeah um and then things get interesting because he's talking to his wife he like tells her like i am giving you space and you're like "Hmm, why are we giving each other space and then before they hang up he's tells her that he loves her but then 
kind of tells her like, you don't have to say it back. So mm-hmm. then again, in the beginning of the show, I'm like, why is Ted here? What are we doing? And like, where's his family and what's going on? And now I'm even more like, why are you here? And like, are yeah. you a bad guy? That's what I'm waiting for. Cause I'm like, why are you in another country without your wife and child? And it sounds like you're trying to win them over. So what have you done? I'm actually leaving yeah. the episode a little bit suspicious, which is oh, interesting. Did you not feel that way? I don't think I was suspicious of him. I think when he says that he's giving her space, I imagine his wife is confused about whether or not she's still in love with him. And he took this job to get as far away as possible to give her as much space as possible in hopes of salvaging their relationship. Yes. And then at the end, she doesn't say I love you back to him. She just isn't sure. Him saying you don't have to say it back at the end isn't kind of that desperate saying right. it's the reassuring Ted Lasso tone of I, yes. I love you. You know, you don't have to say it back. It's fine. Yeah. And then it doesn't cut to him in bed crying. It cuts to him just in bed like, oh, now I can't sleep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like I feel like a, a lesser show would have would have cut back and forth between him and his wife on the phone and it would have kind of tried to villainize her. You know what I mean? As like this propellant to get him into the story. Yeah. But it doesn't do that at all. No. Which I really like. Yeah. And Ted Lasso has like the patience with her. He wants to, he wants to give her the space. Yeah. Also, we skipped over a great little bit with the invisible steering wheel. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) Quality stuff right there. (laughs) Like another joke that Ted Lasso knows is silly and funny. He doesn't like it's it's just endearing. Like he knows that this is stupid, but that's that's why he's doing it. He wants to make you laugh at how stupid it is. Not that he actually thinks that it's funny. If that makes sense. He just wants everybody to be happy. Yeah. Or at least give themselves the permission to be happy. Yes. It's such a great show. More people need to see it. Well, I think what's nice is the timing of it all. Like, I wonder if it would, I mean, I don't think it's caught on fully yet, but the fact that we're home, the fact that we're tired and need friends and need warmth and all of that stuff, like it's perfect timing to find a show like this. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest barrier of entry outside of just the commercials doing a poor job of marketing the heart of this show is the fact that it's on Apple TV plus. Oh, yeah. yeah. No one wants to sign up for another streaming service. Uh, and, but Ted Lasso was so good for me that I signed up for Apple TV plus. Yeah. Like, how much it. is Apple TV plus? Uh, how much is Apple TV plus four ninety nine a month? Oh, that's so worth it just for Ted Lasso. But I would also say Central Park is a great show on Apple TV plus. Uh, big Josh Gad fan, huh? No, no, but I like cartoons and I like musicals. Not that there's anything wrong with Josh. Yeah, <laughs> no, he's fine. <laughs> so fun. So yeah, everyone get Apple TV not only for Ted Lasso, but additionally Central Park. It's practically going to pay for itself. Yeah. Before we end the episode with a fun little game, let us uh, get some plugs out of the way. Please follow the show on Twitter at LassoCast. And also, if you have a second, do the whole rate, review, and subscribe thing on whatever podcast service you use to listen to us. 
Uh, we aren't going to do paid advertisements on LassoCast, but if you're feeling generous and you can afford to do so, you could donate to the podcast through Venmo. Uh, just look for LassoCast on there. And if you leave a question or a note on Venmo, we'll make sure to read it on the air. And maybe down the line, we'll have a Patreon or something. Uh, Kenny, where else can the fine folks hear you? If you're wanting to hear more of my dulcet tones, you can certainly check me on ID four minutes at a time available on almost every single podcatcher. We are going through the film Independence Day four minutes at a time. Uh, It is thrilling. That movie is fantastic. We think it's a masterpiece. Go listen to that. And I also do another podcast about guilty pleasure movies called Shame Watch. You can find that at shamewatch.podbean.com. We're also available on all podcatchers. And if you want to be really super duper nice and kind to me, go to the Patreon for Shamewatch, patreon.com slash shamewatch to get even more juicy content, including me chatting a little bit about Star Trek and other movie marathons that me and those folks have done. Let's end this episode with a very special game I like to call What's the weather right now in London? (laughs) Kenny and Cy, I need you to tell me both the temperature in Fahrenheit and the condition of the weather in London right now, which for the listeners in the future, we're recording this November 28th, 2020 at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. When we say condition, what does that entail? You know, I don't want to say too much to give away, but like... uh. There's rain. That's a condition. Okay. Okay. So we have to provide the condition along with the temperature in Fahrenheit. Yes. Okay. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Who wants to go first? Cool. I'll do it. Oh, gosh. I'm so scared. Uh, Boy, I want to win this, which is absurd. Uh, I definitely think that it's rainy. Definitely think that it's rainy. And I want to say, I have to, I have to guess this right on the money. Is there any leeway? We'll do closest. Price is right rules? No, either direction. Closest, either direction. Mm, okay. Oh, that's very kind. <laughs> um, I'm feeling this, 52 degrees Fahrenheit. And rainy? And rainy. Okay. Yes. It's a, it's a chilly, rainy day in London. I'm also going to say it's got to be rainy. What are the chances? It's not. I think here it's cold today, right? So we're in like the 50s. It's got to be colder there. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with 40. Let's go like a 41. We're going to say 41 Fahrenheit. That's a good guess. And it's cold. It's rainy. It's rainy. Okay. So to catch everybody up, Kenny has said 52 degrees. Yes. And rainy. Sai has said 41 degrees and rainy. In London right now, first of all, it is hazy. No. Hmm. Not rainy. What is is hazy? I think foggy. Oh, interesting. So not raining, but hazy. And the temperature is. Here we go. 48 degrees. So, Kenny, you have one. Ah! You were off by four degrees. You both Ah! guessed really well. Gosh. There is no prize, but congratulations. You have won. What's the weather right now in London? Thank you. It feels it feels good. Kind of good game. Thank you. Lasso Cast is produced by Saida Rhodes and edited by me, John. 
Music is by MG Sound. Thanks for listening and come back next week. We'll talk about episode two entitled Biscuits. Mm-hmm.